Yeah, and something important to say about this too is that it, I want to make sure the expectation is set up correctly for this because I 100% believe that rosacea um, is something that needs to be dealt with from the inside out, but that doesn't mean we can't support the body's systems from the outside. But there is a little bit of things that I can provide that will help um, the resiliency in the skin, the moisture barrier in the skin, better cell turnover rate, which will, because we get new skin cells every 26 days. That is a thing. And we're helping our insides. There's so much hope. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Oh, hi, friend. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm currently just confused at the sunshine outside, but I'm loving it. There tends to be deep confusion around sunshine in the Pacific Northwest in the winter. So I feel... The rest of the nation is dying of frozen tundra. Okay, let me just be real right now. We better get some friggin' snow at home, <laughs> or I'm gonna just lose it. Everyone's I literally, got snow. we haven't had not one bit. It like kind of tried one day, mm-hmm. and I got a little too excited. And my little man is always like. Mom, when is it going to snow at our house? My kids are doing the same thing. Where's it's actually the snow? supposed to snow Monday night here. I don't same. know if it's supposed to seem. Yeah, yeah same. Both my so kids I'm, are like, can we build a snowman? Can we go sledding? I'm like, whoa. Yeah, whoa. and we're recording this. It'll be early February when we're talking about said snow. And we supposedly, supposedly February is like the snowy mo- snowiest month or, or whatever. So I'm <laughs> hoping that means. In, or- in Oregon and Washington. But what about you? What's up? What's up beyond the weather? Beyond the weather. Beyond <laughs> that surface level stuff that we talk about. Let's be like, I'm going to be real again, though. Snow is not surface level to me. Snow is there's <laughs> there's depth. There's very it warms every bit of my heart. I love it so much. It makes everything look pretty. I that's really like, need some snow in my life. That's like me in warm weather. So I get well, it. I'm going to run the other way from warm weather. <laughs> it doesn't allow me to wear a giant parka and a beanie. <laughs> So I, when I got, uh, my Madewell beanie, I splurged on a couple of Madewell beanies and I ended up gifting one to a friend. And then I was like, I should have just kept both of these cause they're amazing, but I like my I friends. I love them too much. I love them too much. And when I started wearing it in December, when I, it got shipped to me after the Black Friday, Cyber Monday sale situation, I warned everyone in my stories on Instagram. I was like, listen you think you might see the top of my head for the next four months, but you will not. This will, It this may is, or may not exist anymore. You just it doesn't exist. This is what I will be wearing. And um, one of my good friends, Sarah, the other day, basically sent me a message that was like, you were not kidding with that commitment to wearing a beanie. 
every mo- joke about bees, every man. moment of every day so i was like <laughs> no i'm not this is not me messing around so i need the snow to justify the beanie wearing beanie. <laughs> even further and that would just really help my cause i think your cause okay my cause okay. for that is serious well my cause for only having to do my hair once or twice a week <laughs> yeah, let's be real <laughs> Every and well and i would love to say that putting my hair up is the solution but it's not because i still have like the postpartum wings mm, the wings mm-hmm. i'm showing the wings. you the wings yeah. <laughs> the wings <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway anyways all of that to say moving on from said weather and clothing i uh i have been going to yoga three or four days a week for the last few weeks and four days that's commitment too i know and it being consistent has been very helpful for me but the interesting part is that of course i'm a person who's constantly like in my head and i have tons of work to do and i never relax and i have a difficult time resting which i've been sharing at sharing about more on instagram lately and just i honestly just have trouble pausing breathing relaxing and having fun Mm -hmm. all of those things and yoga has been all of that for me it's been absolutely wonderful and I've never had a consistent yoga practice ever and we talked about this on on uh, a couple weeks ago with Heather when she was on but yeah I've been doing that for a while and my joints feel better and I feel more I feel more energized I haven't really felt, you know, that like that spring in your step that you feel when you feel energetic and your body feels good at the same time. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt that since pre-pregnancy. And I've had mm-hmm. a couple of days where I'm like jetting down the stairs after yoga and I'm like, oh, I feel good. <laughs> like, it that just, feels, oh, that's so revolutionary, really. Oh my gosh, it really is. So I've never had a consistent yoga practice before and I think I won't ever be able to let it go now. No matter what it is that, you know, other, you know, complimentary exercise or work that I'm doing in my training right now, yoga is pretty much the main part of my training and then walking. So that's kind of fantastic. That's my jam. That's what I'm up to. How are you doing with your gym routine right now? I'm doing good. It's actually kind of interesting. I'm uh, trying to kick a cold right now. Mm. Uh, So I've been trying to balance kicking a cold and the possibility of an almost injury (laughs) while still trying to like keep my consistency in the gym. And I'm not that person. I am. I used to be that person that was like, I'm going to go kick my own butt while I'm in the gym. Like I'm, I am hardcore because that makes me somehow this more worth it. But that's Mm. over the years. I've absolutely learned that that's not the case and does not work for my body. So I've been trying to balance being nice to my body okay being real about possibility of an injury so on the top of my my left hip flexor um i've just been having these weird and it's not an injury like i'm not in a ton of pain but there's just this like weak stiff feeling it's weird Mm. to feel stiff and weak at the same time but it's only in my squats and my deadlifts that i'm just like this feels wrong it just did not feel right and it felt uncomfortable and um bless dr laurel prue that we had on the best human ever she has changed my workout life let me tell you (laughs) she's been doing some virtual consultations with me and the other day we were just absolutely laughing because we were like real time 
doing video back and forth to each other where she was like, I want to see this and show me that. And then she was showing me modifications. And I was just like, this is so cool. It's bedtime for you. And I'm, it's like morning time workout for me. Like, what's even she's, happening? She's used to that, though, because being in Germany makes it so that she has to, you know, it's either it's either early morning or late at night for her, one or the other. Right. And she even she was just like, I am loving our virtual session right now. And I'm like, this is Aww. so cool. So, so we really she really gave me some actionable measures to and she evaluated me very really spot on and I wasn't pressing into my toes on the way down on my squat and my toes were inadvertently um, not facing the same direction just accidentally she asked me not to think about it she's like just get in a squat and video it and the different positions she saw, saw me do my toes were one of them was slightly <coughs> tilted out she's like that's a compensation she just had such point of things to say so I could tell like I could actionably be like oh that actually feels a heck of a lot better and then I saw my chiropractor dang whoo whoo saw my chiropractor about an hour and a half two hours later and told him about the same thing and what I was doing and he did some like nerve flossing on me oh and it's is imagine nerve flossing it's not fun (laughs) it doesn't feel good it doesn't feel good, but dang, did I feel good after he was done. He had me get into a squat and I automatically was like, I feel really good. Mm-hmm. Like right away, as soon as I got off of his table. And so a few days out from that, at the same time trying to kick a cold, but not lose my routine today, I just decided, you know what? I'm doing all the things I can to support my immune system. Uh, today was supposed to be um, like plyometric work. And I'm like, I don't think that that's gonna work out for what I'm currently in so I just did I'm just learning to pull back when necessary but not stop Mm. you know okay so that's kind of where I'm at I'm like trying to not lose the habit of going to the gym because I'm also that person that gets an injury or gets an interruption of schedule and it's really difficult to go back and I don't want to do that yeah I mean and it's amazing once you miss once how many times you can miss after that without like giving it a second thought. And then it's been two weeks since you've been in the gym and Mm -hmm. then you're like, well, Mm -hmm. now it feels really daunting to go back. And it's like, well, and just, just go. (laughs) Yeah. So I just was like, get my butt up and to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the routine, but be smart. Yes. You know, leave early if you need to. One of the things I've been loving about, that in relation to that with yoga is that even if I wake up and I'm feeling awful, like super stiff and I'm exhausted, I know I can still show up to yoga. The hardest part is just getting myself there by getting, you know, dropping off my little guy on time uh, with my mom and then, you know, just making it to the gym and getting dressed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. But Mm -hmm. I know once I get there, I can just, if I just need to be in child's pose for 45 minutes or an hour, I can. So be it. Yeah. And maybe (laughs) halfway through, and I haven't done that yet, but I have, you know, obviously anytime there's a need to, something is too, too difficult or um, not feeling comfortable or good for my body, I can just pause and relax and just work on breathing, which I need to do anyway. So Mm Hmm. It's been, I feel you. it's been good, good in that way because you can just still go. And I kind of feel the same about weightlifting. If you're just doing weightlifting and, and not 
a ton of cardio too. I still always felt like if I didn't feel great, I could still go and then listen to my body and maybe I do more body weight stuff that day or, uh, you know, just like you said, you could go in and do your physical therapy exercises and that in, in and of itself is a workout. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So good. I love this. I love this space. I love how we're always accidentally kind of doing the same thing, but that what's best for ourselves. <laughs> well, I mean, what? we kind of do life together in all ways. <laughs> we, do. I did, we do talk all the time. I did want to mention for everyone, uh, Genevieve was talking about our good friend, Laurel Prue, Dr. Laurel Prue, who's a physical therapist. And you can do telehealth services with her. So and so I'm just going to link in the show notes to episode 20 of the podcast, which is one of our most popular popular episodes we're gonna have laurel back on whether she knows it or not very soon <laughs> to talk <laughs> about a, a few things uh but she's an incredible physical therapist and just so forward thinking and analytical mm-hmm. that but so practical at the same time and just has a heart for helping women heal and i think and just, her services are well worth the time the effort yes. the money the energy yes 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 because yes. wow did i feel a world of difference almost right away yep and you can find her at fem.unfolding on instagram so i'll make sure to link that for you guys who want to check out her work or get connected with her and uh, watch any of her amazing videos live videos instagram stories uh with tons of of takeaways that you can work on yourself at home it's amazing constantly on her instagram yes 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 so Well, today we are going to be talking about rosacea. This Mm -hmm. is the big kahuna. Um, We, (laughs) it's so funny. I was talking to my friend Jenna and she mentioned that she had listened to our skincare Q&A episode from a few weeks ago. And she's like, you left me hanging at the end of the episode and just said this question was too big to answer in this episode now it gets its own episode and then it had to get pushed back for other things because we had interviews with people so uh here we are the question was what the heck do we like what is rosacea how's it caused what do we do for it and so genevieve is gonna break it down for us today i'm gonna break it down i'm very excited for this because i think this discussion is super necessary and i'll talk a little bit about the nutritional perspective but um Genevieve I really want to hear from you today (laughs) I really do on all things geeking out like take us down to the basics of this stuff what happens what kind of symptoms we see and everything yeah I'm so for it this is an interesting topic for me because especially this time of year I get asked a lot about rosacea and recommendations for rosacea Um, and there's quite a wide range of differences that you can deal with when you're dealing with rosacea. You can have very mild symptoms to pretty darn severe. So when someone says, give me recommendations, recommendations for rosacea, I go, well, (laughs) this could be a long skin consultation. So, (laughs) well, there are several subtypes to rosacea, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's definitely different and there's kind of different stages to it. It can progress from one state into another. Um, So I I really want to make sure people have some at least basic understanding of do I have a rosacea or not? I mean, even a few months ago, I was doing an email consultation um, for somebody else and 
she had been this uh, customer of hers had been diagnosed with rosacea and there was little evidence to prove that very little evidence and so and she was given all of the hard hitting stuff and I was like whoa <laughs> hold on here <laughs> let's back up so I want to make sure that um anybody's listening that they can take these different inflammation causes and what does it look like and be able to actionably look in the mirror of themselves or at somebody else and be able to say yeah you probably need to get this checked out or whatever mm. so really what it comes down to is what is rosacea so rosacea really is a inflammatory facial skin disorder so the the hard part about that is that most people don't view it as inflammatory because it comes across as um they called papules and pustules mm-hmm. papules meaning they're more um they kind of look like zits they look like little pimples and but they're capped and they don't ever really come to a head but they look kind of like a blister is mm. what a papule is and they can mm-hmm. be really 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 small um but they can also be really big too and um the worst part about that is people get they pick at them and then the skin's compromised and it's not good and then pustules are ones that will come to a head they look almost identical to um breakouts and in fact they're kind of you can't tell the difference between the two it's more about what the cause is than it is the action of what it looks like mm. the the last thing that you're going to see in rosacea is um facial erythema sounds so fancy but it's just redness in the face like you're going to see a flushing of the face that doesn't really go away and it's really mostly across the the nose the apples of the cheeks the chin and then center of the forehead so it's really kind of like the center diamond shape on the face is where Mm. you're going to see it um you can absolutely see redness elsewhere but that's going to be the pretty classic spot and then the last thing you're going to see is telangiectasias and again sounds super fancy but it's broken capillaries Say telangiectasia 10 times. (laughs) Well, and that, I mean, the broken capillaries and visible blood vessels are kind of characteristic of the most common subtype of rosacea, right? Yeah. Usually most people don't catch what's happening until they've had telangiectasia um, because that's a pretty classic marker that doesn't go away because even if your face isn't flush at the moment the telangiectasia sticks around Mm. and so because all of those other symptoms will ebb and flow with the inflammation going on inside your body right um cue cassie for later (laughs) (laughs) and if you're if those things ebb and flow with your lifestyle your diet your stress your telangiectasia won't uh and like my mom actually struggled with rosacea for a very very long time and she was told it was incurable she was told that it would always be there and she hasn't had a flare up in 12 years. Yeah, so. I mean, in it, when you think of rosacea as what it truly is, which is an inflammatory condition that just is presented in the skin, right? That's where mm-hmm. you see it. That's where mm-hmm. the inflammation is localized as far as visibility goes, but that inflammation starts in the gut. And the really interesting piece about rosacea is that you see it flare seasonally right you see it flare a lot during seasons in which we see cold and flu symptoms rise Uh Um, anytime you've got a compromise in the gut or the immune system in general and so that's when I tend to again I have people reach out to me in the same vein whether it be in relation to skincare and beauty counter or in relation to uh, you know nutritional changes to make for rosacea yeah, and this time of year, because uh, we're in w- deep winter, is when I get the most questions about rosacea, mm. uh, because 
to be honest, rosacea is very frustrating and it can be very painful. So the the constant dry skin, because dry, dry skin is another um, classic sign as well, can be really problematic. You can get swelling. You can have enlarged pores. You can um, get pigmentation issues from the swelling because a lot of times when you have inflammation in the skin, your melanocytes are right in there with the inflammation and they get stimulated and they end up causing more than usual. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's all of the worst parts of skin issues all clumped together all in the right this this season where it's very mysterious and frustrating which which makes it really difficult to spot yeah makes it difficult to diagnose correctly and um so I wanted to talk a little bit about what else you can see when you see it progressing and things like that there's a specific type of rosacea that is (laughs) it's kind of a weird name phimatish phimatus phimatus Hmm. Phimatus. I've actually never said the word out loud because I've always <laughs> been able like I always called it the second condition, like the second condition of rosacea. Um, and it's basically where you have an overgrowth of the sebaceous glands. So any oil glands, that's what sebaceous is, is the oil glands. You typically only see this in male and you're going to see it the most on the nose. So a male that's dealing with rosacea, um, women have this too, but it's a lot less common. The skin feels thicker. It feels tougher. Oh, is this like when, what is it called? Rhino, rhino, female. I can't remember what it's called. It Something gets, along that vein. Yes. It, it on your nose. That's kind of like a um, slang term for it really because it's the flushness and you'll see more pores. The skin feels tougher. Uh, it doesn't respond to typical skincare as easily at this mm. point. Um, there's because there's a swelling in the bulb of the nose, so it's like right at the tip, and it can does also this, happen other places in the face, but typically the nose. Does this affect men more because men tend to have thicker skin to start with? From my understanding, it has to do more with the sebaceous glands, and absolutely, men do have more. They have a lot more glands um, than women oh, do to begin yeah. with, so it's probably why we see more men. But that doesn't mean women can't have it because there's plenty of women with oh oily yeah skin out there, right? Oh yeah. So, um, and in that case, that has a lot more to do with internal swelling, but that just tells us what needs to be done with your skincare because we have to cut through oil. We have to have a conversation about, um, skin density, um, allowing the product to be able to penetrate in the right places and things like that. So if you, if you or somebody, you know, is dealing with rosacea to that level it's almost like a different conversation than someone with um kind of like the first degree first couple degrees of rosacea where you're dealing with telangiectasia dryness red across the triangle or the diamond shape in the face so it's about it's about identifying the correct well issue (laughs) when you say the diamond shape in the face do you mean from chin to like underneath the eyes yeah it's like chin to Probably top of cheek, cheekbone. Okay. Kind of on like both right. sides. Yeah. Okay. And then it's going to go in a triangle shape to about the top of your forehead, back down to the other side. But it typically doesn't go past the eyes. Mm. So you're going to see mostly from the eyes forward. So cheek, I'm like showing Cassie in the video that we're doing. <laughs> it's, like, it's like cheek, nose, um, sometimes top of lip, chin, and then the center of the forehead is the, the most frustrating parts. Yeah. You'll have to bring us back to some more like classic identification types and really clearly mark them out. Uh, So that way it's easier. It's really difficult to because 
if you get redness and you get a zit <laughs> it's not like oh, i have rosacea <laughs> no uh because that's a totally different that's a totally different deal so when you go back to the papules so they're small they're raised they're they're solid and there's some swelling but they're never gonna come to a head mm. Okay, so just that's and that's really unusual on most skin types. So if you have those, that's something to start really looking more closely at your own skin. Um, pustules, um, meaning they're very similar to papules, but you're going to see them come to a head, quote unquote, or the pus or the different color come to the head at the top. Um, it's really hard to tell. There's very little difference between a, a like a true zit and a pustule. It's kind of the same cause an issue um and then the next thing you're gonna look for is intermittent facial flushing or blushing um now this I'm not is like ab- the telltale sign that i get asked about yes yeah and it's and it shouldn't be oh i just worked out i'm flush it's i've been sitting in the same chair and the temperature and the room changed a degree and yeah, my, very went- sensitive to like that that change yeah walking from inside to outside and just to your car and then getting in your car and then 20 minutes later your face is still like magenta mm. because flushing for people with rosacea is not just as simple as oh i'm i'm flush like that's just not even the right word it's no it's red very marketed red almost magenta in places um and it feels hot to the touch mm. um, because the body is just going like what in the past you may have heard me talk about how inflammation is usually the first sign of um sending nutrients to the skin Mm -hmm. to try to protect that's the same thing in this situation the body is is trying to go into protect mode and it can't get the oil there fast enough so it's going to send redness and inflammation to protect the skin okay so telangiectasias actually are a direct result of constant flushing if you can imagine someone's face turning magenta several times in a day it's very taxing on the little capillaries on their face and so eventually the capillaries become blown out from the constant um extra need that's happening uh something we haven't talked about yet is actually telangiectasia is going to be probably the most common on lids (laughs) like you're going to see it there first i've seen people talk to me about this like how do i cover the veins or the capillaries on my lid if they're if they're red and they're they don't ever go away that's actually a telangiectasia if they're blue or green that's an active something a little bigger something that's just always going to be there but if it's little and red and looks kind of like spider veiny then it's a telangiectasia interesting yeah it's always interesting to know the, the i've never heard that well i've never heard that term before oh you it's know you just hear like term. well you just hear like spider veins basically right oh i'm giving you guys a lot of nerdy terms i personally love them in fact i even took some out because <laughs> i was like there's so many but yeah. sometimes knowing the correct term to be able to have a conversation with your doctor, which I really think is going to be a good step for someone that really thinks they have rosacea, is to be able to say telangiectasia. They'll just say, what do you mean? And then you can point it out and they'll be able to definitively tell you right away whether it's telangiectasia or not. Um, but I think you guys can get some good information right now. So do you get people kind of confused between whether they have either like eczema or psoriasis or rosacea because all of those can present as like raised patches on the skin that are called plaques right we hear about eczema plaques and psoriasis plaques yeah that's a really good question because those are all inflammatory in the category of inflammatory but they have slightly different presentations so when you're dealing with eczema you're gonna have almost almost like a hive 
raised defined border with okay. um really flaky right on top of the redness it's going to be flaky and it's going to be sensitive and in some cases you might already have um you might have scabs forming and thing over and you'll never deal with scabs with rosacea okay because the body is will send oil whereas with because the body reads the problems differently <laughs> um which is good and bad because with eczema it needs that moisture and it's lacking it and the body can't get it there and so it's just sending all the inflammation and then it causes more dryness and then you get the it's just you know and then with psoriasis you actually have an overgrowth of skin cells that don't so your cell your scales your cell turnover rate is poor so you're getting a buildup which is causing sensitivity which means it can't bring in the moisture and it's just this it's a and then usually you'll find um, psoriasis closer to the scalp and rosacea doesn't typically climb anywhere near the scalp. So slightly different presentations and eczema can actually happen at the same time as rosacea. And so when you start to have those kind of things at the same time, it's usually just different placement on the body. Well, and I mean, both eczema and rosacea are tied to like an inflammatory gut condition. Right. I so. dealt with some pretty intense eczema right before I went non-toxic and clean in my personal care products mm. on my neck and right under, it was kind of strange because I had the presentation underneath my eyebrows, uh, like identical across my median line. So like at the same spot underneath both of my eyebrows, it was the weirdest thing. And truth be told, as soon as I started caring for what was going on the inside, um, because of what I was putting on the outside, <laughs> it went away because I changed nothing about my diet, but be how, because my inside was being, um, it was under a lot of stress from the things I was putting on my skin. It was having a difficult time being able to, um, differentiate the good and the bad. And I just, as soon as I went non-toxic and it's like within literally like two weeks after four months of trying to get rid of it myself with what I thought I understood, um, uh, it just resolved so that's incredible. a lot of times less is more sometimes <laughs> less is more people sometimes well and you've, you've talked about that journey before like that was a really difficult place for you to come to as a makeup artist and an esthetician yeah. not knowing what to do for yourself and then realizing okay a lot of this is internal but also what am I putting on my body yes 100% that was a big journey for me that was probably the definitive journey for me yeah and Um, I mean one piece of this eczema journey or pardon me rosacea is and to your point you know if you if you have rosacea you ought to be making sure that you're using really clean beauty and makeup products because your skin is compromised so you are going to even more so absorb what is whatever's in that product because your moisture barrier is compromised right yep 100 percent yeah. And you've got the inflammation. So that actually means your pores are dilated. So when when we have inflammation in the skin, our pores actually kind of swell a little and they open up a little bit, um, which is why most people with rosacea look like they have big pores. Mm. Um, and over time, that can be worked with. It just takes a long time because pores will get stretched and you have to be able to bring them back down. But um, having a pore that's open a little more than it probably would be otherwise is actually kind of problematic. That's when you start bringing in product a little deeper into the skin than it naturally would intend and you have to just be so so careful because at the bottom of your pore is literally 
blood vessels to feed a hair follicle. Mm. That was like bloodstream, you know. Grant, granted, there's a lot of things that go along with that, but <laughs> having your having your blood having access to a bloodstream while your pore is enlarged is actually kind of a big deal. Like I take that really seriously when I was working with my patients. Of well, we have to be really uh, we have to be really protective in this state. So we're not just going to throw anything at you. We're not going to be like, here's a whole new skincare regimen. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, let's like, let's ease into it and decide we don't want to, because that's the thing that's difficult for rosacea um, people is that it's flare ups are a real thing. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll be thrown into a flare and it will take months to be able to bring it back down. And it's hot. That was another thing. If you're flush and you're hot, like, like you feel like you're 10 degrees hotter on mm. the flush that's that's actually another really good sign when there's no reason to be like i'm like right. that after i work out but well and I we're also not talking myself. about after you've had three glasses of wine <laughs> right exactly <laughs> self-induced redness that, is not that same thing that happens to me occasionally <laughs> <laughs> so um but something that's important to say is that there when you look up rosacea you're going to see that there's no definitive cure for rosacea but i want to caveat that with that there's a big difference between there's no like somebody gets diagnosed with rosacea you're you can't get one way to cure it or fix it or work with it so over time you have to understand how your body works like watching my mom i she was told her whole life that she would never be able to fix it and that she would be dealing with flare-ups her entire life I mean, those kind of statements just coming from any any sort of inflammatory state is literally the most frustrating thing for me. Ditto. 100% agree with you. An inflammatory state is exactly that. Well, But that and, doesn't mean there's a lot of complicated factors to it. And I mean, when you're walking in with that kind of inflammation, and especially inflammation that manifests itself in like on your face, mm-hmm. that your, your self-confidence is already in the tank. You're mm-hmm. already frustrated. And then someone tells you that it's never going to go away. You're not empowered in that moment to, to change anything unless you're the, the investigator type where you're like, I'm going to go dig and see what I need to do. Right. Or you feel rebellious and you're like, yeah, whatever. How defeated <laughs> are you going to feel? You already feel defeated when you have a skin condition like that, let alone when someone turns you away and says there's nothing you can do about this. Right. Exactly. And or here's a steroid cream. <laughs> yes. Or some <laughs> antibiotics. Let's uh, do that. Yeah. Oh, that's that. That really helps with the gut. Mm-hmm. It helps a lot. <laughs> helps a ton. And I, and I think it's important to make sure and note that we don't think that you shouldn't see a provider. No. We think you should yeah. find the right provider. Absolutely. For you. Yeah. There is absolutely and, a thing in saying I need to see a different provider. Yeah. I mean, honestly, at this point in my life, anything that pops up for me, you best believe I'm going to go see a naturopath. Like that's just my, my personal perspective because that, I mean, and I can't speak to anybody else's. And again, like check with your provider, always your current provider before you change anything, hundred percent. Like there's no, no medical advice happening on this show ever, but I will say find a good provider. Yeah. Finding a provider who's holistically minded and will look at approach your body as it is a whole being that uh, nothing is disconnected in your body. You can't disconnect the skin from the gut. No. Right. It all works together. And in fact, your gut is made up of epithelial tissue, which is exactly what your skin is made up of. 
I'm like, oh my what? goodness. I, I don't understand why people try to make everything so separate in the body. And in, you know what? In our culture. I'm so passionate about this that my eye is twitching. <laughs> I'm like getting so worked up because I'm just like, yes. Thank you. Oh my gosh. You are a hoot, my dear. So just, let's oof. go into what people can do topically to help yeah. with this because we all know when you get to this place of frustration you're dealing with rosacea um you feel defeated nothing is helping or you can't find the right combination of things to help and we all know this is this is another one of those cases unfortunately where it's a very n equals one experiment and right. the combination of things that work for you probably won't work for the next person who has rosacea but just having some sort of mindset toward what are some options that we can do topically now to get the actual like physical inflammation down on the outside of the skin? And then I'll talk a little bit about calming inflammation inside. Yeah. And something important to say about this too, is that I want to make sure the expectation is set up correctly for this because I 100% believe that rosacea um, is something that needs to be dealt with from the inside out, but that doesn't mean we can't support the body's systems from the outside. So it and most people that are coming out of the angle of I, I've I've talked to a few practitioners who understand how to help from the inside out, but there is a little bit of things that I can provide that will help um, the resiliency in the skin, the moisture barrier in the skin, better cell turnover rate, which will because we get new skin cells every twenty six days. That is a thing. So if we are helping our skin and we're helping our insides there's so much hope there's new skin cells all the time you know <laughs> so there is hope and i'm it's frustrating but i am excited to talk about the treatment side because there is uh this was kind of the exciting part about my mom so i've been i've been an esthetician for um, almost 12 years now and that's when my mom started to have more resolution in her rosacea and she started um, seeing me for a more conversation of like, how do I help my skin? Because she had just for over time, she'd always used topical steroid creams because it was the only thing that would help her. And we started to have a conversation about what what is she using when her skin's not in a flare? And we started mm. there. So let's talk about that. When your skin is not in a flare, what can your skin um, skincare system look like? Um, and then we'll talk about what to do when you're in a flare because there can be a little bit of difference. So first and foremost, the point of this is going to be to hydrate the skin, restore the skin barrier, the skin, the moisture barrier, and making sure that we've got appropriate facial moisturizers and proper exfoliating methods. That's the goal of our treatment when we're not in a flare, right? So everything's going to be pretty gentle, soothing. At no point should you ever be using anything that's like super foaming, or even in a really high active ingredient, I'd be very cautious to introduce something with lots of actives in it, except for something like an overnight peel, which we'll get into in a second. So first and foremost, pick gentle, pick soothing, pick anti-foaming um, at first. Um, using overnight cream. So like anything that's going to be a heavy night cream is a must. And facial oils are an absolute must. Every person that's dealing with rosacea has to have a facial oil. So which of the three beauty counter facial oils are like anything from any other Tata Harper, Leilani, like which facial oils would you suggest for someone who has rosacea? 
Uh, I would use, I would start with a number three oil from Beauty Counter because mm-hmm. it's all about balance. And a lot of times when people think about the oils, the one, two, and three that we have, number one is vitamin C, number two is plumping, which is really hydrating, and number three is balancing. They think that three is not going to be hydrating, but that's not actually true. Balancing meaning it's going to be balancing your moisture barrier instead of working on like pigmentation, like the number one could be, or um, really plumping the skin because we don't, we don't, we just want balance. So definitely the number three oil. I really love the champagne serum from Leilani Skincare. That was actually the first facial oil I got my mom to use. And she fell in love so hard with it and that she decided she was going to start making her own. <laughs> so um, you can definitely DIY, but it is very con- time consuming and it can be kind of wasteful because you might find some oils don't work for you. So and I really think that you have to find a facial oil that's got a good blend in it. Like jojoba oil by itself is not going to be hydrating enough. Rose water or a rose oil is going to be soothing, but it's not going to stick around long enough. So it's like you need to find something that's got a really great like blend of facial oils in it. So they all have different molecular size. They're going to affect the skin differently. They're going to absorb differently. So definitely Leilani Champagne Serum. It's actually a facial oil, but they call it serum. And then the number three oil from Beauty Counter. Those are my absolute faves. Awesome. Um, As far as like gentle soothing uh, cleansers, really the the Milky Cleanser from Countermatch is my favorite. I am a huge fan of Milky Cleansers. I was a huge fan of them when I was like when I first started doing med spa work. That's when I was introduced to Milky Cleansers. And the reason why they're so amazing is they are protective of the pH level on your skin. They're protective of not stripping your skin, but you're still getting a cleanse on your face. So you can cleanse dirt. You can get some oil off your face, but it's going to be a more protective measure. So definitely the Countermatch Milky Cleanser is my favorite. But truth be told, like uh, just get yourself a non-foaming cleanser. That's like the best place to start. Now, the overnight creams, I have to recommend the rejuvenating night cream. You'd think that there's a ton of actives in it because it's rejuvenating. But the reason why it's the rejuvenating night cream is it's meant to be part of a system that's got a ton of actives in it. And we're just going to use the night cream aspect of it, which is super hydrating. And it's meant to be super hydrating. And that's why it's called the night. But I use it day and night for myself. Uh, My mom uses it day and night on top um, or just underneath her oils. And then you can follow it up with a facial oil. Now, there's a few other things. um, That's like the basics. There's a few other things that I would add to that. And uh, it's not necessary, but it will definitely help keep the moisture barrier healthy. Um, It'll help your product absorption a little better, which is a problem with rosacea because rosacea usually will have a layer of oil and um, poor cell turnover rate. So it's not going to let product penetrate. So you need something that's going to help you with exfoliation or product absorption. So you can go the gentle, gentle way and do um, a mist. Typically, a mist is going to, it's not meant to stick around on the skin. So it's got an evaporation method to it. Typically alcohol, witch hazel, something of that like. And uh, so that allows you, it's a good prepping stage for things like facial oils and overnight creams and that sort of a thing. So if you're like in the first stage of rosacea and you're just, you have a little bit of telangiectasia sometimes and you have flushing, but you don't notice any um, irritation or um, pustules and papules yet, 
and you just find the flushing and the dry skin and that sort of a thing, you could absolutely do this stage. I would add that in right away, to be honest. And then the last of my treatments that I recommend is um, a very gentle overnight peel. A lot of them can be sold over the counter. There are a lot of overnight peels or peels to um, like at home peels is what they're called that are not quite appropriate for rosacea. It needs to be something that is meant to be very gentle. So it has to be a blend of low percentages or you could just use the beauty counter overnight peel. (laughs) I was outside my mind excited when this product launched last year. I, I mean, Cassie saw me when we were at summit and they started talking about it at summit. I was freaking out and and everybody around me is like, what is she freaking out about? (laughs) I knew this. I knew you were freaking out why you were freaking out. Oh my gosh. I was freaking out. It's rare to find a safe uh, product that has such great actives in it. I mean, we're seeing more and more serums come into the market, which is great. And, you know, for the most part, when we want to get a peel, even like a great glycolic peel or a body cream or face cream with AHA or glycolic acid in it, 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 they tend to have other nasty actives or they have nasty ingredients as like stabilizers for all of these actives because they haven't formulated it well and it's not stable. (laughs) So it's it is really rare to find a, a at home peel that's this inexpensive. Like fifty eight dollars for what you get with this peel is literally insane. And I, you oh, guys, yeah. you're just gonna hear us talk about the peel every week. I swear. Well, it's because it's very appropriate for so many different skin types for different reasons. Well, everybody needs it. Everyone oh, yeah. needs it. We've talked about this several times. Is there anyone who the the peel is not appropriate for? Well, in this case, when we're dealing with rosacea, if you're already using treatments from your doctor, you definitely yeah. need to have the conversation with them first because... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you really don't need more than one treatment in your regimen. And so if you'd like to replace it, definitely talk to your provider bring the information in with the ingredients because you can get it from the website yep. and say, what do you think about this? And definitely have that open conversation with them but well, the and reason, if, you, if you're in a really bad flare too you might just need something that's a little more soothing but yeah and that's a, that's yeah we're yeah we're gonna get to that in a second <laughs> <laughs> um but uh the hydrating mist is a great place to start but truth be told if somebody's not in a really big flare-up state i would probably put them straight on overnight peel if i knew that they were going to end the treatment with a night cream because there's yes. some people that think, oh, I, my skin feels fine. And it's like, you, you have to put the night cream on top of it. It's a must, in my opinion. I've had so many clients be like, the peel isn't working for me. My skin's getting drier. And I was like, you're not. I was like, are you putting are you putting a moisturizer on after the peel? And they're all like, oh, no. Okay, I have to clear something up, too. Because it's on the instructions and I told you to do it. <laughs> I know. And they go, oh. And then they message me a week later and they're like, oh, it's working for me now. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's all right. Consultants do it too. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yes, they do. (laughs) Oh man. But I I have to clear this up. If you're using the overnight peel, do not use the cleansing balm on top of it. No. Why? That doesn't make any sense. Right. But people hear the word balm and they think, oh, I can use this. It'll be even better than a night cream. And I'm like, well, okay. So let's back up. Cleansing balm's not appropriate for um, rosacea because it has vitamin C in it 
and it has antimicrobial factors that are actually going to be sensitizing to someone who's already in a sensitive state. Hmm. So truth be told, if somebody's dry, but they're not sensitive, then cleansing balm could be great. Um, if somebody's normal skin, that'd be great. If somebody's oily, it could still be pretty good for them. Uh, but somebody who's got compromised skin and they're sensitive. No, 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 no. Stop doing that. Uh, so there's a few other things that I want to talk about staying away from before we talk about when you're in a flare up state. Can I ask you a quick question? This is not necessarily rosacea related, but um, come at me. Can is it appropriate to use a facial oil after the peel? And if not, why is it better to use a cream? Yes. It's okay, but you're going to have better results from a cream because the cream is meant to carry better actives in it than an oil. An oil is going to be uber hydrating and it's going to be protective but putting the um, high amount of resurfacing and soothing acids that's in the overnight peel with a an um a night cream that's um because it's water-based is able to carry more actives in it is actually like the perfect blend for better texture better product absorption in fact your oil is going to work better because oil will not penetrate through a crusty dry skin it just won't so yeah. it'll just sit on top. And so for every person that tells me, oh, it just sits on top of my skin, facial oil, it doesn't, I never really feel like it absorbs. I'm like, we're going to get you a peel. <laughs> <laughs> well, and honestly, for a lot of my like natural skincare journey before I found Beauty Counter or was willing to invest, I was, I was moisturizing with oil, like either pure right. jojoba oil or coconut oil or whatever and my skin was still dry because it just mm. would never penetrate my like crusty old dead skin that needed to and, be and exfoliated right so badly too. coconut oil yes just people just stop that coconut oil is like the largest molecule i like i could be wrong that it might not be the the absolute largest on the the oil spectrum but i might be right <laughs> i think it's pretty dry. maybe next to palm oil well, I mean, it's saturated, so it's got right. it's got it's a gigantic. very thick cell wall, mm-hmm. right? And it's so big that it actually creates more like a seal on mm. our skin than anything. It's actually not it's not penetrating. It's um, and if you already have dry skin, that actually can make things worse over time. Oh, it so did. Somebody, oh, oh, honey. Oh, oh, honey. It made it made it worse. <laughs> Yeah, and, and like I, the, it's really I was bad. just coming when I was just coming from a place of like I didn't have any recommendations, nor did I right. know where to look, and I was afraid of all the crap that's in personal care products. So I was like, "Well, yep. I know this is just coconut, so we're cool." But no, it no, was it's, not. It was not it's very totally cool different for your body, but not for your face. Like your body's still not great, but for your face, just no, just no, just so much no, just no, no. But in in terms of rosacea, it can make things even worse because that seal that it's creating, it actually also creates a heat seal. So you're, so you're already hot, you're already flush and you're putting coconut oil on. It probably feels good when you first put it on because it feels kind of cooling, but that little cap that it's creating is actually shielding the heat from getting out of your skin causing the inflammation to get worse which is going to dilate you more which is going to dry you out more like it's just going to be this cascade of things that should not happen now facial oil is different different molecular molecular size um it's literally meant to penetrate your skin it's formulated to penetrate deeper than something like coconut oil so it's not like all oils create that it's the type of oil that you use Hmm. 
So there's a lot of things clicking for me right now. <laughs> Here goes, is making so there's a lot fun. that makes sense to me right now. <laughs> just to okay. just to remind everybody, Genevieve is the skincare expert, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I just pick up what she puts down over time. And oh, selfishly, man. I would love to just do an entire year of skincare geeking out and just be able to learn over here. Oh, my gosh. This is why we are such a good combination, though. <laughs> I learned so much from you. So I have to, before I move on to when you're in a flare state, I have to talk about what you have to stay away from because it's really easy to get confused. Um, well, coconut oil. We started there. Um, you know why. Uh, clay-based masks. Now, this sounds kind of counterintuitive because the majority of clean masks out there, or most masks in general, are made from clay of any kind. This is why I'm so excited to see what happens with Beauty Counter because I know that they're aware of the fact that all their masks were clay-based and there needs to be a variety in our clean atmosphere. <laughs> like There really needs to be more than just clay-based because clay, any kind of clay, is going to be moisture wicking. It's going to pull more moisture from. Now, having said that, if you have a mask and you're going to use it for purposes of um, prepping the skin for the rest of your skincare regimen, that's different. But I don't think clay-based masks are ever appropriate for rosacea or an, at any point, whether they're flared or not, because that will throw somebody into a flare. So clay-based masks. No. Got it. Products with vitamin C in it. Now, this one it can be kind of tricky because vitamin C can be at all different ranges of percentages. You can find it in cleansers, serums, facial oils, vitamin C is in a lot of things because it's really great for better cell turnover rate which is sounds like something you would want with rosacea, but is also highly sensitizing. Okay. So your skin gets a little irritated um, when you're already in a sensitive state. So if you're in a slightly sensitive state, vitamin C is not good. Like you can find it in the cleansing balm, which is why I said that wasn't quite appropriate. Um, you can find it in the radiant serum in the rejuvenating line. And you can find it in the number one oil from face from the facial oil line from beauty counter. So, and when you look at your ingredient list, if you're not buying Beauty Counter, if there are any citrus actives, like citrus extracts of any kind, that's going to give you a form of vitamin C. That's something I would stay away from mm. in most states for rosacea, unless you have not had a flare up in a very long time. I'm talking years. I would stay away from it because it's also, if, especially if you do these things and then go outside, the UV rays will, with vitamin C, are just are a big inflammatory mess so mm. i would stay away from that i'm having Next. some uh ideas in my brain right now with a couple Ooh. of friends that i have oh <laughs> that's exciting issues. i hope other people are having the same like, thing uh, do you have a <laughs> i think you might you might not know it yeah yeah and that's very possible because a lot of people go under the radar for a really long time unless they have some life event that throws them into a deeper inflammatory mm -hmm. state mm-hmm they can sit real under the radar. They're usually the people that are like, oh, I have really sensitive skin. I get really red really easily. That sort of a thing. So what does one do if they're having a flare? Like what can you do to take care of your skin when you're having an actual flare? Yes. So not too far from what we were already talking about. Definitely gently, gentle, definitely soothing um, I would skip the overnight peel until you're in a less inflammatory state, even if it takes a couple days. I would bust out anything that feels cool on your face and mm -hmm. I would just lay down and put it on there. Like sometimes um, I would take like a glass, 
because it doesn't don't get anything ice don't get ice that's too much it will actually sensitize your skin more get something that's like ice that's been either sitting in your fridge for like 30 seconds or um, a piece of glass that's just been sitting on your tabletop if your house isn't like super hot and just roll it on your face truth be told cucumbers are a great way to go too. like a lot of people think that that's not a real thing but no cucumbers are great for anti-inflammatory and soothing so anything cold like glass that's been sitting out not frozen that's too much um definitely get that on your face and then um when you're going to go cleanse pat at your face don't wipe that seems like a really small thing and then use cold water to wash your face Mm -hmm. Um, not ice cold, obviously, but like lukewarm ice or like, um, not ice cold, but, and then when you take a shower, this is like something that people don't think about when you take a shower, you have to use lukewarm water. If you're in an, especially if you're in an inflamed state, you have to use almost, it'll almost, it'll feel cold on your head, but the rest of your body, it'll feel kind of lukewarm. That's when you know that's like the right temperature because the steam, even if you don't get your face wet, the steam from the shower actually will dilate you even more and it'll make everything worse so oh, that is good to know right it's good to know it's oh my good goodness and then the next thing is definitely kick out the mists and um, the overnight peel for just like a day or two um, and use facial oils several times a day don't be afraid to just get it on your face if you have to be at work and you don't want to be oily at work get yourself some mattifying powder and put it right on top because a mattifying powder is not going to wick moisture from you. It's just basically going to create a seal over it and it's not going to be, um, it's not going to take anything from you, but it's going to allow you to kind of go on with your day. So that's really my best, my best advice. You don't need to get fancy equipment. You don't need to get fancy treatments. It's really about being mindful of what dehydrates the skin, what sensitizes it, and being able to work with it in the moment now if you're at this state where you're starting to get papules and pustules it's probably time to check in with your provider and um, you don't want it to flare into because rosacea will go from zero to hero like so fast and that's the hard part because most rosacea people know that and they panic totally get it totally get it the the it's just best to just take the preventative measures if you can with like the shower the cold water on your face bring something that you can roll on your face like a glass that just sits in air temperature because mm. it'll feel cool or a jade roller Ooh, a jade roller mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. definitely a jade roller mm-hmm. that's the one thing i would say buy great because that'll help with product absor- absorption too love it would you use the jade roller with a product or just like cool to the skin for anti-inflammatory or both I would use it with the facial oil for sure. Awesome. Yeah, because facial oil, when most people, when come they come to me asking me for, um, if there's one product, what would you get for someone with rosacea? And I'm like, it would be an, a facial oil with then get no them citrus a, in it. Get them a roller. Get them a jade roller. Just a reminder, a not all jade rollers are created equal. If so you found true. your jade roller for $5 on Amazon, it's probably not jade. Right. Oh, I actually have some really tangible things to say about that. Great. So... When you leave it in room temperature and you touch it, if it's if it stays cool when it's not being touched by human body, then it's probably real. But this is really interesting. I had a friend that went to a jade factory in China and they taught them how to tell if jade is real or not. And it's fascinating. You, you pick it up and if you tap it with your finger and it rings, it makes an, a ringing noise, then it's real. But if you tap it and it makes this really dull sound, it's not real. Hmm. I was like, what? 
and well, it has my to jade do roller with is noisy when my toddler drops it on the ground, so that's probably it's <laughs> probably legit. <fine. laughs> uh, so make sure you get yourself a, a actual jade roller. Yeah, there's I got, a big difference. I think you can get actual jade rollers on Amazon for sure. I got totally. mine from Herbivore Botanicals. Yeah, and they totally do. Can. They do the vetting for me, which I appreciate. And jade will stay cooler than rose quartz, so I recommend jade over rose quartz for rosacea. Gotcha. Nice. So I did want to talk about some treatments that are that you can get um, Do if it. you're not in a, in a flare state. So this was really where my expertise came in um, as a med spa technician. Is I, when somebody came to me with rosacea, we would talk a lot about what treatments were available. There's lasers, there's intense pulse light, which we called IPL. And they're, um, each one is usually having to do with the redness in the face and the telangiectasia. So when you've got the, the spider veins and you want to get rid of them, it can be very effective. Those were some of my favorite treatments because you would zap that sucker and it'd be gone. It was like one of the only treatments I did that was like instant gratification. <laughs> so, which is very, very fun for the patient because they get instant gratification. So we love you can that. Definitely, yeah. It's really, really Don't nice. Don't we all? You, yeah, and you still have to, especially after this treatment, I would still, like, be careful about what you're putting on your face afterwards. But I would definitely check into the IPL services. Those are probably some of my favorite. You can. Um, one thing that I really think that somebody with rosacea needs to know is that UV light is not your friend. No. You got to stay out of the UV light. You means you need sunscreen. Um, you need to be careful about knowing what reacts with UV light. Like, do not use the overnight peel during the day. First thing in the morning, it is not meant for the day. That's the reason why it's called the overnight resurfacing peel. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't so, be great for anybody, but let alone someone who already has, like, this kind of inflammatory skin condition. Agreed, agreed. So, as long as you understand how your products are dealing, citrus stuff doesn't really do well in sunlight anyway, but specifically in this situation, I would say... Make sure your skincare is on point. You are photo protected, so like sunscreen protected, and that you understand what your triggers are. For some people, it can be things they eat. It can be hot environments. Um, I know for my mom, it was warm environments triggered her skin into a cascade. Mm. So it's like understanding your triggers can be really essential for long-term, long-term um, avoidance of symptoms. So I want to hear more about what you have to say. I know you got stuff to say. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah. So I, I want to touch on for a minute just the foundational, like what might cause rosacea. Yes. And mm-hmm. because there's a bunch of different kind of roads that can take you there. And one of them can just literally be problems with blood vessels in your skin. So like broken capillaries and tending mm-hmm. toward that can just cause that, which can be genetic. There are certain like subtypes of rosacea that have a genetic factor. And, mm, and, that makes sense. and can run in your family essentially, uh, excessive sun damage and UV, UV radiation can produce essentially like vascular changes on the skin that would cause, uh, like a, it would spur the production of vascular endothelial growth factor, which we call veg F, <laughs> um, <laughs> in the field. Uh, and it's essentially a substance that's linked to like the development of visible blood vessels, which is that telangia. That 
yeah yeah it's it's an um, insanely common with people that are in the sun too much to be yes. honest yep mm-hmm. so obviously prevention is protecting your skin from the sun um and overexposure right we all need a little bit a little something something on the skin and uh using i always am going to talk about using zinc based sunscreen people um if you're sensitive to zinc try titanium dioxide and then essentially inf- inflammation or abnormal inflammatory reactions within like the skin's connective tissue can cause rosacea. And lastly, there are a few different, there's essentially like a bacterial involvement as well, mm-hmm. but it's called Demodex. It's a microscopic mite that is a normal inhabitant of your skin. And there's been more and more evidence to suggest that the, it could trigger an immune response in people with rosacea. So oh, there was a really cool that. article. I will link to it in the show notes for you guys, but it's in the Journal of European Academic, the Journal of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venerology. Um, and it was found that like Dermodex was, or Demodex was found in 15 to 18 times greater numbers in rosacea patients than healthy subjects. Oh, so they're getting more of this this mite in skin that's naturally there in in people who have rosacea. So that's a, an interesting back end factor that probably no one needs to geek out on, but I think it's really interesting. No, I wanted I to mention it. Yeah, talking yeah. about the possible causes, I think is where it begins. You know. Yeah, and then finally, I think you know just to mention this, it's definitely can be a reaction or side effect to certain medications. So I would Mm -hmm. um, check your medications and just work with your provider to understand those side effects better, no matter what you're taking, because the effects uh, of of medications, I mean, it really, really varies. It can be there's a blood pressure medication that's been connected to rosacea. There's several different kinds of uh, essentially like inflammatory gut condition medications. So if you have an inflammatory gut c- condition that's causing your rosacea in the first place, and then maybe you're you're taking a medication to help with the inflammatory gut condition, supposedly you might be making your rosacea worse. Or you Topical might be, steroids are the same way. If yeah, you're improperly using them, which is really easy to do. With yeah, so, steroids. So again, just work with your work with your provider on that one. But there's a lot that you can do. I mean, essentially, anytime you have an inflammatory condition, taking a step back and trying to identify any triggers in your diet is really important because you're already like it being you're already having ex- sensitive skin. If you have sensitive skin at all, you need to be looking at triggers in your diet. And, you know, for me, just as an example, I don't have rosacea, but I get acne. I'm acne prone, um, but on the dry side and dairy is a huge trigger for skin issues for me. So that creates an inflammatory pathway that causes a breakout for me. And so I steer clear of it if I want to have clear skin. And if I mm-hmm. just want to enjoy some dairy, then I know the consequences. <laughs> um, but sure you there's don't have an been event the following week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's been a ton of studies that have found a pretty strong association between skin disorders, including like rosacea, acne, dermatitis, psoriasis, uh, and inflammatory gastrointestinal tract disorders. So if you have GI issues and you have skin issues, you might be able to improve upon a lot of your skin issues by healing your gut. So we've done two extensive episodes on digestion that I would love for you to check out if you are dealing with some rosacea. 
um, and just getting a better handle on things like leaky gut, um, SIBO, gut dysbiosis, that sort of thing. And essentially when you look at, okay, what do I do now as far as what I can do to, to take good care of my body to hopefully help with the healing process is just to address gut health and make sure that you are eating low inflammatory foods and anti-inflammatory foods. So just kind of generally sticking to um, not necessarily paleo, but just a more ancestral framework, getting good healthy fats, making sure you're not eating any seed oils or rancid oils. And so I'm going to, again, refer you to the digestion episode, both parts uh, one and two, and then also our episode on healthy fats. So I would check both of those out. And the episode's on healthy cooking fats, but I basically talk about fats that you should be eating and fats that you should not be eating. Um, So the other thing that I think is really interesting to think about, too, with rosacea is a lot of people see relief with work in Chinese medicine in regards to certain meridians that are related to liver and gallbladder health, and then also lung and colon health, specifically like lung and colon health together. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. That's so interesting addressing and supporting your lungs, your colon, your liver, and your gallbladder can be a really helpful thing for rosacea. And again, liver, gallbladder help refer to the digestion episodes. <laughs> And I'm to this day, I'm so glad that we did those. They felt really daunting when we recorded them because oh, I'm like, so this, is a, I, well, I, I'm, this is a lot of information. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, man, like two episodes on this is a lot. But now we get to talk about and refer back to it all the time, which is a helpful thing for all of you lovely people. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But some basic steps. I would focus on an anti-inflammatory diet, whatever that means for you. I would take some digestive enzymes and hydrochloric acid if that is called for. So work with your provider, your nutritional therapist, your ND, your MD, whoever you're working with, and get at some digestive support supplements that could be uh, supportive for you. I will link in the show notes to my full script account where you can get some suggestions for me on digestive support. And uh, you'll also see that linked in our episodes on digestion. Uh, managing stress is huge, (laughs) right? With gut inflammation, I, I understand, right? We all have stress in our lives and some of it is removable and some of it is not. And so just finding ways to manage stress, whether that be like deep breathing, meditation, yoga, going for walks, seeing a therapist, you know, all of those things. If you have stuff you're not dealing with, and not managing well and you feel overwhelmed or you feel stressed or you have anxiety the probability that you have an inflammatory gut condition is that much higher (laughs) so just you know dealing with some of that stuff uh again understanding your medications and the side effects and then just as like a total anecdote you know you can take the digestive enzymes but you can also take some milk thistle to support your liver uh you want to get natural sunlight but not too much just as genevieve mentioned Mm-hmm. And again, make sure you're using a zinc-based sunscreen or uh, titanium dioxide if you're sensitive to zinc. Uh, but I do think zinc is superior in protection and health. And then make sure your cosmetics are gentle and safe. 
Make sure your cosmetics and your skincare are clean. Oh, yeah. I didn't even touch cosmetics. I'd be real careful with your cosmetics, people. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And exactly in that thought process of avoiding like comedogenic cosmetics that are going to trap moisture and heat and redness in, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, I'd probably say if someone was dealing with rosacea and they weren't in a flare, they probably could do really well with like the Dew Skin Tinted Moisturizer from Beauty Counter that has a zinc-based sunscreen in it. It's going to give them a little bit of protection, a little bit if of moisture. If they wash it off. Don't yeah, you have to wash it, it off. You I mean, that's to. I think that's true for everybody. Zinc can be so drying. Oh, yeah. Um, it even can make if anything worse. Yeah, if, if you you're putting it on your body, you should be washing it off. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yes. There's just a few people that think, oh, moisturizer with no, Dew no. Skin. So it's no, you're not wearing do skin off. to bed, people. <laughs> it's it's an SPF tinted moisturizer. It means yeah. it needs to be washed. Think of off, it so. like makeup. Like you're gonna wash yeah. your makeup off. For, I hope you're washing your makeup off, people. Yeah. I've never <laughs> been one of those people who can go to bed with makeup on unless I'm literally like exhausted or in my twenties uh, drunk, <laughs> 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 tossed, and you're unaware. Uh, <laughs> and you wake up with the <laughs> mascara everywhere total uh, side note little extra little tidbit for you guys so those are my basic tips um i'll refer back to all of the episodes that i mentioned in the show notes and anything that genevieve mentioned as well as resources for you all uh any additional questions that you have about rosacea please go to rebelheartradio.com ask and we can always take some of those follow-up questions and throw together another skincare Q&A episode for you guys. So that's something we would love to do for you. And I love geeking out on all things skincare with Genevieve anytime. Selfishly learning a ton here. So <laughs> I really well, appreciate for it. Asking all the great questions. Girl, I got you. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Was that super off for you? Uh, it always. It always is. What, it's, it ha- it, that's like, we talk about this every single week, but that's how it I has know. to be. I know. And I whoever's it, on the receiving end weird. of it is the one who will get the delay. Yeah. Because I, I, it wouldn't make sense for mine to be delayed because I'm responding to what you say in the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's I know, about- it always logically makes sense, but it sounds so bad. <laughs> and But then it's fine. And then it's fine. <clears throat> and then it's, it's totally fine. And then everything's fine. Okay. Okay, so. Okay, so. Okay, so. <laughs> so, so, so. Uh-huh. Get it out of your system. Uh-huh, 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 oh, like, uh-huh. like, 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 um, um, like, um, 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 like, um. I can't right now. Okay, so. Oh, okay, so. Okay, so. Uh, no, okay, like, so. Um. Like Siete Foods Blanco case. <laughs> Lunchtime. Lunchtime, I tell ya. <laughs> lunchtime musings lunchtime and keto (laughs) those two (laughs) things together (laughs) oh boy um typically someone with rosacea is going to be having large pores and someone with rosacea is just going to have straight up like scales flaky scales on their skin with raised areas you mean eczema yeah i thought you said said i think you said rosacea twice (laughs) oh academic words are hard man